Hello, hello everyone and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez streaming with you live as always here in ADC Sports Dallas. I'm excited to be with you because I did not see you guys last night on Sunday when the Cowboys got their big win over the Vikings. I did not expect that win. I will be the first to tell you that that win was a big surprise for me because I had the Vikings picked as long as Cooper Rush was a starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night. They proved me wrong. They proved a lot of people wrong. Shout out to the Dallas Cowboys who got the job done on the road versus the Vikings. We will talk about it all, and we will also talk about a recent Dak Prescott update. He is expected to be full go on Thursday. So welcome, everyone. Make sure you smash that like button. Make sure you share the show. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know that you're watching Primetime. And thank you for joining me. What is up, Carlos Holloway, over in the YouTube chat? Thank you for joining me. Now that more of us are here, let's get ready to start the show officially, and let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. We have Primetime Performer tonight. We have Overreaction Monday, and I will give you my thoughts on why I think that the Cowboys coaching regime is very different right now, and we are seeing the evidence right now of it, and why I believe that the Cowboys coaching edge was on display last night. So let's go. What is up, everyone, and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way throughout the entire Cowboys 2021 season. Make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. For your best Cowboys content, your best Mavericks content as well, I had an article out there today on Xavier Woods. I don't know if you guys read what Xavier Woods had to say about this game after the game. The former Dallas Cowboys got an interception over the Dallas Cowboys, his former team. And Xavier Woods offered some interesting thoughts, man. And Xavier Woods, uh, he's too honest with the media. He shouldn't be that honest. And he said after the game, even when the Vikings had openly said that they were preparing for Cooper Rush, and they, they had seen every career pass attempt from Cooper Rush, which were only three passes headed into this game. Saber Woods was very open in saying that the Vikings prepared for Dak Prescott all week long. And I don't know if there is any kind of true advantage in not knowing or getting ready for Dak Prescott when the alternative is playing Cooper Rush I don't know if there is a real advantage there, but I bet that Mike McCarthy is so happy and so excited about getting the Vikings. The Vikings were preparing for Dak Prescott, and I bet that Mike McCarthy loves that, even if it really was not a huge advantage for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm loving it, says Sik Porras. Uh, Charles Moore says, I told you all that we was going to win. We got too many gunpowder. I I did not believe for a second that the Cowboys were going to win this one without Dak Prescott. But Matt, respect for Dallas Cowboys. They did their job. And they really proved that, that this coaching regime is different. And I, 
And I gotta ask, man, I will I will start the show right out right off the bat with a big question for the chat. Do the Cowboys win this game during the Jason Garrett era? Yes or no? Do you believe that the Cowboys would have got won in a similar spot if Jason Garrett was still the head coach? And I mention this because I really want to keep shouting out Mike McCarthy. As you know, here in primetime, we've done an effort to get some credit for Mike McCarthy because, damn, he deserves it. He really deserves some credit. Mike McCarthy so far has been great for the Dallas Cowboys in 2021. A lot of people jumped to conclusions last year when he didn't even have Dak Prescott for a full season. So I, I just want to keep getting that credit in for Mike McCarthy because I think that he deserves way more respect than he's getting so far from a lot of not only Cowboys fans, but the NFL in general. A lot of people talking up Dan Quinn, Kellen Moore, which is okay. We should be talking these coordinators up because they're doing a great job as well. But McCarthy deserves some of the credit as well. Uh, a lot of people saying that no, Carlos Holloway goes with hell no, sick for us as well. Here is why I believe that this coaching regime is different and we're seeing the proof of it week in and week out. And I think that the biggest thing, as simple as it will sound and as maybe subjective as it will sound, like there is no stats to back this up. There is no number. And you know that I like numbers and that I like stats. But this is beyond that, I believe. This is a locker room that is so bought in that even without Dak Prescott, they were giving it their all, right? They were looking for their chances. They were waiting for their opportunities. Cedric Wilson, another big game from Cedric, a player that has stepped up as a true wide receiver three in this, for this football team, even though he's actually the number four receiver in this team when Michael Gallup is healthy, right? But Cedric Wilson has not appeared to be a backup wide receiver when he's on that football field. And the same was and the same was true last night and this team truly believed that they could go on the road and beat the Vikings at their own house Amari Cooper towards the end of the game fighting and doing everything that he that he could do to get back on that playing field I truly believe that that will be one of the most epic moments of the entire Cowboys 2021 regular season him getting ready with that tennis ball and doing everything that he was able to do to get back on that field and score the game-winning touchdown. I, I truly believe that that will be one of the classic moments from 2021. Ezekiel Elliott going through that defense one play before in third down, doing everything that he could to move the chains. Uh, the defense going all in, even when the special teams unit units were not working at their best, the defense was able to overcome all of that. And now speaking of numbers, now we will speak about numbers. The Cowboys, this was the first time that they had negative EPA per play this season on offense. So Cooper Rush had some great moments, of course. As you guys know, the final drive was amazing. But it was not a pretty game for the offense. This was the first time in the season that the Cowboys had negative EPA per play. And yet they managed to pull out a win of this game. And that was in big thanks, in big, in big part, excuse me, thanks to the defense. Now, this is not, I'm not taking credit away from the Cowboys at all, but we will talk about what the Vikings did wrong as well last night. Not taking credit away for, for, for um, the Cowboys defense, but also favorable situation from the Vikings for these defense. Now, Cooper Rush, that was not a great game. And I think that Chris Collinsworth, 
really nailed his commentary towards the end of the game when Al Michaels turns to him and he asks, how do you think Cooper Rush has performed this night? And then Collinsworth said something like, you know, it's maybe not being great, maybe not being terrible either, but people will not care about that if this final drive goes how the Cowboys want it to go. And that is exactly what happened. Plus, you know, NBC doing a masterful job of showing us Cooper Rush's family throughout the entire game. That was amazing. Those close-ups of Cooper's dad. It was just fun TV to watch and dramatic TV when we did not really expect a dramatic game between the Cowboys without Dak Prescott and the Vikings with Kirk Cousins. That, he, he nailed the final drive. He really did, man. And, and the way that Cooper Rush trusted Amari Cooper to get that 50-50 ball. He placed the fade perfectly well in that end zone. And Amari Cooper did the rest. That was a team win. That was fight. You know, that, that was a fight mantra for Dallas Cowboys. And we talked about that word for a long time with Jason Garrett's team. But that the, those football teams from, from J- the Jason Garrett era were clearly different. I think that this team is all in. This team is bought in. Dalton Schultz on that post-game locker room speech that the Cowboys shared on their social media accounts. He said it, together on three, one, two, three, together, right? And I love that because I truly believe that this Cowboys team is together. They have their eyes on the goal. And I believe that a lot of it has to do with Mike McCarthy and the fact that he has established a big-time culture within this football team. And you have to love that. Uh, Fernando Quintana, what is up over at Facebook saying Cowboys are 7-0 against the spread. They came into this game. They closed as 4.5 underdogs. We are now 5-2 on betting the Cowboys because even though on Thursday's show I went with the Cowboys against the spread, I did say that if Cooper Rush was a starting quarterback in my Sunday article, I, I went with the Vikings on the betting spread. So... I regret that, definitely do. We are 5-2 and two on betting the Cowboys every week. But hey, Ray says, you're the man, Mauricio. I, I appreciate you, Ray, and thank you for being here in the show. Arthur says, regarding the question, absolutely no. McCarthy has surrounded himself with top-notch coaches that can make adjustments. And, and definitely that is part of it, the fact that he really has built a quality coaching staff around him. And we've talked about this before on the show. Mike McCarthy is a championship coach, but also Dan Quinn fits that description. He led the Falcons to the Super Bowl. He was defensive coordinator for those Seattle Seahawks teams. And I think that that is a difference maker for this Cowboys team. Uh, I hear you from Juarez, Mexico, says Alfredo Hernandez. I appreciate that. I'm from Chihuahua, actually. So shout out to Alfredo, who is watching the show. Uh, Seneca has got a sick, Ryan says. Sick has got to stop hesitating and stuttering on his rushes. He did that on every carry last night. And it's it, it might be true. Some of those plays, I think that that is patience from Ezekiel Elliott. And I love the fact that he's a patient running back. And I would like to see more from that, more of that from Tony Pollard. But I also agree that some at some times he hesitated. But hey, Ezekiel Elliott, the play of the game. I, I do think that that was the most important play on this football game. Because if Cooper, if Amari Cooper does not catch that touchdown play at the end of the game, it would still be second and goal, right? So I think that the biggest moment on last night's game was Ezekiel Elliott moving the chains on third down. Because otherwise, what do you get? Overtime, 
You need to kick that field goal to get into overtime. And then that is an official coin toss to win the football game. Because I, I have my doubts that the Cowboys would have gone for it if Ezekiel Elliott does not move the chains in that football play. Clark says, we want home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And that is where this win goes a long way. As Joshua Davis is pointing out on Facebook, he says, 6-1, Mauricio, and you had your doubts. I really did. I, I not only had doubts, I was sure, absolutely certain, that the Cowboys were not going to win this game without Dak. I was certain of it, and I was proven wrong, and I love being proved wrong by the Dallas Cowboys win. So, the 6-1 record means a lot for the Dallas Cowboys, and I actually tweeted out these numbers on Sunday night, let me see if I can find them real quick because we've, we've been doing this review just about every week here on primetime on what each record means for the Dallas Cowboys and their odds moving forward. Because if you take a look at them right now, the Cowboys being 6-1 and one means that they have a 92% chance, I believe, of making the playoffs according to an NFL football operations Study 92% chance of making the playoffs, 68% chance of winning the division. And that might be an even higher number with the way the NFC East is going for the Dallas Cowboys case in particular, and a 30% probability of earning the top seed in the NFC. The Tampa Bay Bucs lost on Sunday, and that is big for the Dallas Cowboys. In the NFC, you have the Rams as a one-loss team, the Cardinals as well, the Packers as well, and of course, the Dallas Cowboys. David says, all I can say is, how about those Cowboys? And I think that, that is a sentiment that Cowboys fans will agree on. Here is what I love about this football team as well. For a long time, and, and sticking with the coaches' talk, for a long time, we knew that maybe the Cowboys had a lot of advantages when it comes to the actual 53-man roster. But we knew that maybe in the playoffs in January or in big-time games, the Cowboys might be at a disadvantage coaching staff-wise. I don't think that that is the truth anymore. And I think that, for example, last night, the Vikings were in a clear disadvantage when it came to the coaching aspect of things. And I believe that there is no other way to, there is no better way to put an example of this than looking at, that, at Cooper Rush's and Kirk Cousins' passing charts from next-gen stats, because I really believe that this was a big-time problem for the Vikings. I don't know how you can, you, I don't know how you can game plan for a football team that is going to start a backup quarterback and be as conservative as the Vikings were last night. And you can see the passing charts there. Kirk Cousins threw the ball past the 15-yard mark, uh, past the line of scrimmage. 15 yards past the line of scrimmage. Kirk Cousins had only three of those passes all game long. How do you host a Dallas Cowboys team with a backup quarterback and Kirk Cousins' average depth of target was at four and a half yards while Cooper Rush was at 9.9 yards in average in, uh, in depth of targets? That is unacceptable from the Minnesota Vikings. And hey, it played in favor of the Cowboys. Kirk Cousins was captain check down last night and the Cowboys were able to take advantage of it. And the Cowboys were the most aggressive passing team last night, even with a backup quarterback. That is coaching. That is poor coaching from the Vikings, and that is coaching that I respect a lot from the Dallas Cowboys because they were willing to be aggressive even without a back, even with a backup quarterback. 
Just like we've talked about Dak Prescott trusting his backup wide receivers like Cedric Wilson and Noah Brown in big spots in football games. Well, the Vikings did basically, the Cowboys coaching staff, excuse me, basically did the same, but regarding their QB2 for this game. David says, Rush said that he listened to Dak and said Dak wasn't playing, but he was involved in the game. Yeah, Mike McCarthy actually talked about this as well after the game, and he said that he was uh, Dak Prescott was wearing a headset and was occasionally giving Cooper Rush some advice. And Dak Prescott, you know, he's a consummate leader. He's not a surprise, I think. But shout out to Dak, who's always there for this Cowboys team. And I will say this, that I think that the fact that the COVID protocols did not allow Dak Prescott to be on those sidelines in 2020, I bet that he hated that. I bet that he hated that because he wasn't able to be around his football team during game days. They were studying Dak's plays, says Joshua Davis. They only watched short clips from when Rush played, said Joshua. And yeah, we mentioned that at the beginning of the show regarding, you know, uh, Saber Woods' quote on this. That was impressive. I actually wrote an entire article in case you want to read it on adcsports.com slash Dallas. Claps for our head coach McCarthy, says Fernando Quintana. Clark says, when you contain the Cowboys running game, we heard you with their passing game. We had the best trio of receivers in the league. And we will talk more about Cedric Wilson later on tonight's show. But actually, in the meantime, now that we've talked about the Cowboys coaching staff and why I believe that this is a great uh, football team, just a small update, by the way, speaking of Mike McCarthy and what he said to the media, Dak Prescott is expected to be full go for the Dallas Cowboys on the Thursday practice. And some interesting numbers, and this is from Todd Archer's article for ESPN. He said on Thursday night, oh, no problem, Joshua, by the way, in the chat. I did not mean it in, a, in that way. Don't worry about that. But yeah, Mike McCarthy talked to the media, and he said some interesting things regarding Dak Prescott and his workload as he tries to get back on that football field. He mentioned that last Thursday when we talked about Prescott ramping up his practice workload, he mentioned, and I will read this from ESPN.com. This is from Todd Arker. Last Thursday, Thursday, Prescott pushed his rehab and felt sore the next day. He thought he had pushed it to 80 to 85%, while Britt Brown, the trainer, uh, countered with 70%. According to the GPS trackers, the percentage was 77.5% according to Mike McCarthy. I, I found those numbers pretty interesting because it really means that Dak Prescott was doing more than maybe he was allowed to do last week. I think that the Cowboys knew all along that Prescott was not playing regardless of how that pregame workout routine went for the Cowboys quarterback. But anyways... Dak is expected to go full go on Thursday. And I think that there is very little reason to doubt that. Here is why. Dak not playing on Sunday night versus the Minnesota Vikings had little to do with can he go right now or not. It wasn't about that. It was about are we willing to risk a re-injury for Dak Prescott's calf? It was more about that than concerns on whether he was able to play close to 100% or not. If Dak was, if the Cowboys decided to play Dak Prescott, I bet that he was going to look pretty close to 100%. Definitely not 100, but pretty close to it. But the Cowboys played it safe. They, they 
got paid big dividends because the Cowboys walked away with the win, even with Cooper Rush. But yeah, Eddie says that GPS tracking is awesome tech. And I agree. I don't even, I don't even, I can't even imagine how those GPS track that effort percentage. I cannot even imagine the tech behind that. I think that the Cowboys should keep Dak out versus the Broncos. Do you? I really don't. I really do not believe that the Cowboys should sit Dak Prescott next, next Sunday. And I understand where this idea comes from, though. I understand where this comes from. I believe that that idea comes from, because many share this, this thought, but I don't. The fact that some will consider not playing Dak Prescott next week versus the Broncos maybe comes from the fact that, hey, the Cowboys just managed to beat the Vikings. I'm sure that they can beat the Broncos, right? Many will think about this this way. But remember, the Cowboys offense, negative EPA per play. It was an ugly game, some turnover-worthy plays from Cooper Rush. Stats-wise, this was not a great performance. And I find it hard to bet on the Cowboys to get two wins with Cooper Rush on their center. Can they do it? Sure they can. And they just proved everyone wrong this weekend when they proved that they, in fact, were able to do it. But you don't want to play many games without Dak Prescott, especially because he should be ready to go. If Dak Prescott is expected to, go f to, full, to be full go on Thursday practice, then he should be able to go at it next Sunday versus the Broncos. I think that the Cowboys are not going to keep him out because I also believe that Dak will not let them. I believe that Dak will not let them. Dak Prescott wants to play and he can play, so I'm, I'm ready for, for him to play versus the Broncos, and I strongly expect him to do so. I'm ready to see Dak back out that. Are you, says Michael? I do. I am ready, definitely. He will, he will play versus the Broncos. I strongly believe this. Of course, nothing is guaranteed in the NFL. And last week, it wasn't until Thursday when I seriously started to question myself if Dak Prescott was going to play or not. So we could all be wrong, but I bet that he plays. What do you think about all the flags, says Michael Hawkins? And I believe that this is a very valid question, and I will give you my honest thoughts on it. I think that the roughing the passer penalty on Terrell Vashon was absolutely uh, absolutely stupid. I don't think that that flag had to be thrown. I think that that was a soft roughing the passer penalty. The two flags that were called on Randy Gregory, though, for unnecessary roughness, I got to give the refs those two. I think that Randy should not do that. And I, when you watch the replay, a lot of people were saying, well, he was clearly still in on that second flag. But the whistle was blown. Like, the play was called dead. I think that Randy Gregory made a couple of mistakes on that drive. The Cowboys, unfortunately, uh, the Cowboys, fortunately, were able to walk off the field, allowing only three points for the Minnesota Vikings. But most, uh, most flags, I think, they were, they were legit. Also, that I, 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 was it illegal contact or was it pass interference on Trevon Dix? I thought that that was a fair flag as well. The one that made me you know, get a little bit mad when watching the game live was that Terrell Vashant roughing the passer play. Julio Ramirez says Ty Inseke wasn't ready. He played pretty bad last night. And I agree with what Julio is saying. Do you think, asks Eddie Logan over on YouTube, we will trade for someone and what position we need? I think that it will be a quiet trade deadline. I don't think that we will see any movement from the Dallas Cowboys. But here in this show, I have... Been asking for Melvin Ingram for the from the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
I have my doubts that he will be actually on the move, but he did request a trade for, for the Steelers, and I think that he will stay put, but I would love it if the Cowboys got Melvin Ingram for this team. But I think that the trade deadline will come and go, and if you're a Cowboys fan, not much will happen for the Dallas Cowboys. The offsides on that punt, says Eddie Vega. That was a weird call, wasn't it, I believe? But hey, it is what it is, and that was that was a frustrating moment during the game. I agree we need to get little things together, says Michael Hawkins, because I, I understand complaining about the refs and those unfair penalty yards numbers that the Cowboys got get called against them, but also a lot of it is also discipline for this football team. And I think that this Cowboys team is getting a lot of things done right, but penalties have been an issue and they should be solved. This is not only about Zebras calling plays against the Cowboys just because, this is also because the Cowboys are struggling a little bit in that department. Ryan says that Bradley and I offsides penalty was a killer, fourth and five, and he jumps offsides to give the Vikings a first down. Simply unacceptable, especially in games when you're playing with a backup quarterback, when you know that you cannot give the opposing team any freebies. They have to earn everything. So, yeah, that Bradley and I was a little bit killer. Dan Queens is Cowboys Nation. That's what I love about my defense. What is up, my brother, Maori? What is up, Cowboys Nation? Thank you for being here on the show. Jim Casillas says, it doesn't matter who's at quarterback if you don't have your best offensive lineman playing, says Jim Casillas. And I'm not sure if Jim... Refers is referring to the Lyle Collins situation. I'm not sure about that. Hey, at one point in the game, by the way, it is pretty crazy to me that the Cowboys, and if you had told me that this was going to happen before the season, I would not have believed you. But the Cowboys, when Amari Cooper was dealing with his hamstring before he got back in on that football field, the Cowboys were playing without Dak Prescott, without Lyle Collins, without Tyron Smith, Without Michael Gallup, there were a lot of players missing on that football field, and the Cowboys were still in it, right? Eddie says, and hey, oh, shout out to Dennis Parker, who says that this little kid does not know what the hell he's talking about, LOL. Shout out to Dennis Parker. I appreciate the interaction, as always, here in ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I truly, truly do. Uh, Eddie Logan says, debate who's receiver number three, Gallup or Wilson, that catch yesterday for Cedric was fire. And actually, I don't have a lot prepared for these nights, for tonight's overreaction Monday, but I will get it out of the way. Do you believe, and I think that this is a very fair question, by the way, can Cedric Wilson start next season for the Dallas Cowboys or for other team in the NFL? Cedric Wilson could start next season. Is that a fair reaction or is that an overreaction? In your, in your opinion, because I think that it is a very fair reaction. Cedric Wilson is not only playing well in some trick plays or gadget plays, Cedric Wilson is playing legit wide receiver football, and he's doing it right. And he's doing it right week after week. He's coming up big in big spots, but I also think that he can do the little things that would make him a legit wide receiver number three. Now, this is important for the Dallas Cowboys because... Someone asked, and Eddie said, debate who is wide receiver number three. I think that when Michael Gallup comes back, he's clearly your number three wide receiver. That is my opinion. However, if you're, if you're looking beyond the 2021 season, if you're looking past that, it is 
probably easier to stick with Cedric Wilson than it will be to stick with Michael Gallup because we know that Gallup has seasons worth of performance that back up his play, so he might have a higher value on that market. If the Cowboys are not able to retain Michael Gallup, but they are able to keep Cedric Wilson on a cheaper deal, would we feel bad about this Cowboys wide receiver unit? Because I truly believe that we, we wouldn't. And that has to do a lot with the fact that, you know, Dak Prescott is the quarterback of this football team and Kellen Moore is calling the plays and game planning for this football team. So I think that is a fair reaction, definitely. And I think that the chat also agrees. April Chowers is fair. Benjamin Robinson is fair. Cowboys Nation says that he's an elite wide receiver. Uh, Stevie Mack says, Seth could even start as a quarterback on some teams at this point. That was a big-time pass from Cedric Wilson, and also smart football from CeeDee Lamb adjusting to that route. Smith should be fined for choking CeeDee Lamb. Harrison Smith, that was trash from Harrison Smith. If you guys did not see that football play, that actually happened. He kind of chokes CeeDee Lamb, and CeeDee Lamb is out there all tapping out like this is the UFC. That, that Definitely expecting the NFL to find Harrison Smith for that. Uh, Ryan says, Mauricio, I think people are jealous because you know Cowboys football and have an awesome accent. I appreciate that, Ryan. Thank you for that. Uh, Wilson starts on any other team, says Will Nico. Joshua Davis says, I thought that too. Jim Casilla says, I think that the Rams know Dallas is a team to beat. They are trying to get the top two pass rushers, Aaron Donald and now Von Miller. And we have Gregory and Lawrence. Randy Gregory is playing Way better than even I expected. I had high expectations for Amari, for Von, for, for excuse me, for Randy Gregory, but I was not expecting him to be as consistent as he has been through the first seven games of the season. Gregory might be, since Demarcus Lawrence is not playing right now, Randy Gregory might be your best defensive player on this football team. I believe is that crazy to say. Because I think that Michael Parsons has done a great job. And I think that, you know, Trevon Diggs interceptions have been the story of the defense so far. But is Gregory playing the best football on this, foot, on this Cowboys defense? I believe so. Because that pressure, man, is consistent from Randy Gregory. And he's doing it from the outside. And sometimes Ann Quinn slides him into the inside. And he manages to get pressure in either or. I think that Gregory, you know... He's your best defensive player right now with Marcus Lawrence out. Once he comes back, I think that Deloy is still the best defensive player on this Cowboys team. But right now, this season, it has been Randy Gregory, in my opinion. And actually, that, that brings me to one of the questions, as always, here on Monday or after the game. Who was, and Fernando asked if Deloy is coming back next week. I would be surprised if he is, but we don't know yet. But I would be surprised if he is. I think that the expectation is that he will take a little bit longer than that. Who was your primetime performer of the game? Who was your primetime performer of the Cowboys win over the Minnesota Vikings? And there are a lot of candidates for this one. You can go with Randy Gregory, who we are talking about. You can maybe even go with Cedric Wilson, who had two big-time plays for this Cowboys offense potentially the most important ones, that play, that pass in the trick play, or maybe that, um, that, that, that 73-yard reception for the Cowboys on offense. Maybe you can go with Amari Cooper because he got the game-winning touchdown. But I will go with Micah Parsons. I have to go 
with Michael Parsons, and I honestly think that he is the right answer for this question. Micah is the first rookie in NFL history to have 10 solo tackles and four tackles for loss in a single game. Shout out to Bobby Belt on Twitter. He pointed that out, and I think that was a very interesting number. Micah Parsons was everywhere on this football game, and the Vikings running backs were absolutely neutralized by the Cowboys linebackers, and in big part, thanks to Micah Parsons himself. So I think that number 11 has to get has to get this primetime performer award this week. Amari Cooper says Stevie Mac. Cooper says Joshua Davis. 11. Will Nico agrees with Micah Parsons. April goes with Cooper. Jim says Micah Parsons is gonna get better. Gregory Lawrence and Parsons nightmare for defenses, and I agree with that. A lot of people going with Amari Cooper. Coop Coop. <laughs> yeah, definitely that was fun. Did you see that Amari Cooper actually posted uh, the Instagram? On Instagram, he posted an, a picture of the catch, and he put Amari Cooper rush. Shout out to Amari. <laughs> that was awesome. Amari Cooper for not only the game-winning touchdown, but for the juggling catch, which kept the drive alive. That play was absolutely ridiculous. If you look at it frame by frame, it just simply does not make sense that Amari Cooper was able to keep that football in his hands. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott on that third 11 was hype, says Fernando Quintana. Probably the biggest play of the game, especially on third down, says Julio Ramirez. Terence Steele says Benjamin Robinson, and I think that is that is he had a good game. Terence Steele continues to play good football, and I still think that Lyle Collins should be starting for this football team. Maybe that happens down the road, but so far, you know, Terence Steele is doing a great job of making it a tough call for this Cowboys coaching staff. But I, I would like to see Lyle Collins back in the lineup. But I, I also agree that Terrence Steele had a great game last night. Michael Hawkins says, I'm going to say Rush, considering he did a pretty damn good job to be running as a backup. Don't get me wrong. Could have been better, but he played well. He definitely did. And listen, when you have a, a backup quarterback play football, you, you're just trying to be as optimistic as you can that your backup quarterback is going to keep you in the mix. And that is what Cooper Rush did last night. And he did even more than that on that final drive. But the game was closed throughout the entire game. So that was a great win for the Dallas Cowboys. They are now 6-1. and one. They are still fighting for the top seed in the conference. And their schedule is relatively easy. You have the Broncos next week, the Falcons after that. Then you go on the road versus the Chiefs, who are a good team. Even though they're, they've been struggling on defense, it is hard to keep up with that offense. Then the Raiders and the Saints, not very easy. Maybe that is the toughest stretch on this calendar, week 11 to week 13. Chiefs, Raiders, and Saints. That might be the toughest stretch on the, on the schedule, late November, early December. And then after that, the Cowboys will have a very clear path towards a potential number one seed in the NFC. Because you have Washington on the road, the Giants on the road, Washington back at home, Arizona will be a tough game, of course, on AT&T Stadium, and finally you close out the season versus the Philadelphia Eagles. But hey, a path to 8-1 is definitely not crazy because you have the Broncos and you have the Falcons up next for the Dallas Cowboys. And right now, I'm not going to lie to you, Eddie says, I think that we will beat the Chiefs. I'm leaning towards the Cowboys as well right now. I'm leaning towards the Cowboys to get that win versus the Chiefs. But it will not be easy. It is a November matchup 
on the road versus none other than Andy Reid. So it will certainly not be easy. Please tell me, though, please tell me that the, that the Chiefs do not have a bye week before that. Just tell me that and I will be okay. Now, they actually have back-to-back, -back, no, no, no back-to-back. They, they actually have a Sunday night football game versus the Raiders on week 10. And then in week 10, they host the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, that is interesting. Definitely is. Have a long day of work tomorrow, says Jay Jones. I hope we don't play the Packers in the playoffs, says Eddie Logan. I hope we don't play the, the Rams, though. I, I, that, that team might be the most scary one in the NFC, even more so after they went ahead and got Von Miller this morning. I think that I would rank in the NFC, I would rank the Rams at the top. And honestly, after that, you could have the Cowboys, the Bucs, and the... And the Packers and the Cardinals all tied at number two. It is a, we will talk more about this tomorrow night. We, we will try to rank the NFC properly here on primetime for tomorrow night's show. How about that? And well, guys, that will be it for me tonight. I appreciate you joining the show. As always, I appreciate you being with me on primetime. Tomorrow night will be fun. We'll talk about more stuff. We'll take an early look at the Broncos maybe without Bon Miller, which is Great for this week. Maybe not that great for January football, though. But anyways, please make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you share the show. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know that you're watching ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. And most importantly, make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. Great Cowboys articles up there with Mavericks content as well. That last one is from myself on Xavier Woods and what he had to say about the Vikings prep for last night's game. I think that was very interesting to hear from Saber Woods, so you can check that out. You can also read from Cole Patterson what Cooper Rush saving the day means for the Dallas Cowboys and more Cowboys content coming your way this week over there at adcsports.com slash Dallas. So, thank you guys. Oh, Ryan says, before we go, do you think that Calvin Joseph will be starting in place of Dicks? So I think that the reports so far have been optimistic regarding Trevon Dix. So I'm not sure that we will have to see a lot of Kelvin Joseph yet. I think that if he's healthy, by the way, Joseph will have a tough time getting on that football field because Anthony Brown and Trevon Dix have it down as they're, started, they're starting cornerbacks so far. Uh, thank you, Daniel. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you supporting the show. So have a great Monday night. Enjoy the second half of the football game right now. And I will see you all tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central. Thank you, guys.